0: Just trying to stay focused on the Lord this morning. And uh, really prayed significantly about the meeting, but I've prayed about that the Lord would, um, the Lord could either use this message to hurt the meeting or help the meeting. And I want him to use it to help the meeting. I believe this is his heart because I'm trying to line up with his heart. And so if you've got your Bibles this morning, it's going to be an unusual text for this thought. But um, let's go to the book of Ruth this morning. Book of Ruth um, and uh, chapter number three. Ruth and chapter number three is where we're going to find our text this morning. Ruth is right before the book of 1 Samuel. And that, uh, 1 Samuel, is right before the book of 2 Samuel. Amen. And so, Ruth, chapter number three, if you've got your text this morning, uh, we'll stand, if you're able, and reverence the reading of the Word of God. And, uh, I hope I'm not reading more this morning than you normally read, but we're going to read about 11 verses. and We'll try to read them quickly. I want you to pay close attention because it probably, upon appearance, will not make a whole lot of sense. So, um, Ruth chapter number 3, verse 7, the Bible says, And when Boaz had eaten and drunk... And his heart was merry, went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight, that the man was afraid, and turned himself. And behold, a woman laid his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she said, I am Ruth, thy handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Weird. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast shown, shew, shewed me, shewed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, in, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requires. for all the city of my people doeth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, however, or howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tear this night, and I. And it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. She lay at his feet until the morning. She rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. And he said, "Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it." And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And uh, she went to the city. Now, this is a woman right here, because six measures of barley is a lot of barley. That's like eighty something pounds of barley right there. And she, he just laid it on her, and you know, she, she said, "I'm fine with it, man. I'll tote it on to the city." Uh, And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. Who art thou? What are you talking about? And she said, These six measures of barley gave you meat. For he said to me, Go not empty into thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he hath finished the thing this day. Thank you for standing. You can be seated this morning. Dear God, we need your help. I ask you, God, to bless it. Or please, Lord, help me. Or give me a burden and compassion, Lord, to simply bring this, Lord, clearly, or Lord, just exactly how you want. Help your people this morning. Help me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you all agree, and knowing from three years past, that this week is a long week? The second week of June every year is a long week. It's a long week. It's a but. But this meeting should never be a burden to anybody, but rather a blessing. I mean, that's the purpose of this meeting. And uh, me personally, as as we have been preparing, and and maybe you feel the same way. There's always, every year, there's always some nervousness. There's always some nerves, and there's all kinds of emotions. You don't know if you want to cry, or if you want to shout, or if you want to run, or what. What do you want to do? There's all kinds of emotions going on and I truly desire this meeting to help everybody that walks through that door but I desire this meeting to help you guys specifically and so we just read in here in our text of a woman by the name of Ruth which probably everyone in here is familiar with at some point in time you've heard of Ruth probably from a child you probably heard of Ruth and seen the picture of Ruth gleaning up in the field and that sort of stuff but Can you imagine how Ruth felt in this moment? I mean, think about it. She's not in Moab. She's a Gentile. She's in a foreign land. And I believe it's safe to say a few years prior to this moment, she lost her husband. Approximately, probably about eight to ten years prior. She lost her husband She's followed her mother-in-law up to this point, and her mother-in-law has led her to this point. And she, they, they came there in desperation, but the Lord has blessed her up to this point. And, and, and can you imagine the nerves? Can you imagine the anxiety or the, the anxiousness and the, the emotions that she's feeling as she's sitting here in front of the man that could Be the Redeemer. I can imagine. She's just a poor Gentile lady now. Recall that. And and, and we're lacking time. But you know the story. And and by this point, Ruth knows Boaz. By chapter 3, Ruth knows Boaz. And Boaz knows Ruth. They know each other. They're familiar with each other. And she knows of his near kinsman placement. She knows of all that. She knows the possibilities that could happen here. And she has spent much time in His field gleaning, getting the gleanings. There's three parts to the harvest, right? There's the first part, first fruits. Those fruits that come in before all the rest of it. Then there's the harvest. Then there's the gleanings. There's what's left over after everything else is done. And so so, so she's been cleaning up the gleanings and she's been getting things for her and her mother-in-law and providing for her mother-in-law in in that time. But she's got the debt of her old husband. And and so here she is and she's in there. uh, um, but, But in this text, in this text, we do not see her in the field of Boaz. But we see her at the feet of Boaz. We see her at the feet of, and this, this, this week, and all of the, in all of the emotions, in all of the commotion, and in all of the busyness, and all the things that are going on in in our place. That we're going to find you all to be in your place, and and all of those things. We're going to find that, and and all that. But that if we cannot find ourselves at the Lord's feet, we've done something wrong. And so I'm going to bring you this thought this morning, just looking for a place at his feet. Just looking for a place at his feet. Notice a few things we can learn from Ruth this morning as I preach that thought. Ruth firstly made some important decisions. She made some important decisions. Now we've got to break this text down because the text is not just, uh, if you will, clear upon appearance. It's just not. But you can get it. If you'll read it, and so some may have been a uh, she, she may have been a widow woman, which she was right. She was a widow woman from Moab. She was a harlot, um, excuse me, not harlot, but a pagan. She was from she was a Gentile. That was nothing. Nothing. The dogs. And and so here she is. She and she she's not in a place that's of comfort. She's in Bethlehem. And so she's not there, but, but she was a woman of courage, though. And she was a woman of commitment. And, but Ruth, Ruth comes in here, and she's here, and she, she sees this, and she makes some decisions that make a difference in her whole life. And the first thing you're going to have to do is make some important decisions. This week... You're gonna to have to make some important. You're gonna not don't make the decision that I'm just gonna shout all week and run all week and do all that kind of stuff. Don't make that decision. But you better make the decision you're gonna be at the feet of Jesus. Amen. You better make that decision. We've had all commotion, we've had all emotions, but everything about it yes. Uh, what did they say? They said if you have all emotions, you'll blow up. If you have all commotion, you, or if you have all emotions, you'll show up. If you have all emotions, you'll blow up. But there's something else to it, and I can't remember the rest of it, so I shouldn't even have said the first two parts. But my point is, the simple fact is, is that we can't, we can't come in here. We've got to be balanced beings. Amen. There's been a whole lot of people that have run plenty of laps around this building that ain't even in church this morning. Amen. All I'm telling you, it, it ain't about that. Praise the Lord, I think it's great. Run laps, run laps all day long. Shout as loud as you can to the top of your roof. But if you haven't made some good decisions in your life, some important decisions, you want me to show you the first decision that Ruth made? The first decision that Ruth made here is she made a decision to submit herself. The Bible says in verse 7, in the beginning, And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly. And it covered his feet and laid her down. Ruth was well aware of the significance of this meeting. Her mother-in-law, we could have read before, in, in the beginning of this chapter, we could have read that her mother-in-law was the one who told her to go down there. And there was a purpose to it. The purpose was to get with him. I'm not talking about sexual relations either. I'm talking about marry him. That was the purpose. And she knew Boaz presented the opportunity to her for redemption. She understood that and she was committed to doing all that she could to ensure that she was received by Boaz. She wanted to be received by Boaz. She came softly and she uncovered his feet and she laid down there and she had entered into his presence but she didn't say a word. Do us good sometimes to just hush. Do me good sometimes to hush. Amen. But she was not there to make demands at God or her or her Lord, if you will, Boaz. She wasn't there to make demands at Him or, or to push herself or force herself upon Him. Uh, no, no, no. She didn't come in there quickly. Uh, um, but she had come in there quietly, submitted to who was laying on that bed. And I'm telling you something this morning, friend. This meeting, this week is an important meeting. And this is how all of us must come to the Lord. We come to the Lord more times with demands of our own than we come to Him of giving Him petitions. We do. We do. And we're, we're not, I tell you, we're not, we're not, none of us in this place in a position to make demands to God. And we're in no position to do that. But but do we do we not want to hear from him this week? Amen. Yeah, we do. We want to see him move. I want to see him move. Uh, you and I are more. You and I are not deserving at all of his favor. We're not. And we have no right to demand or expect anything from God this week. But I'm telling you something. I want. His grace upon the services. I want God to move, Amen. but I want God to move right now. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Friend, I tell you, we must come humbly to Him in submission. She came first, and she decided. She said, "Hey, I am going to submit myself." And then the second thing we can see that she decided that she was going to do is she decided to seek Him. Look at verse nine. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, a handmaid. Spread thy, therefore, thy skirt over thy handmaid. For thou art a nearest kin. Ruth made a significant. That's a significant request. I know it's quiet. I know it's all that this morning. But man, Ruth made such a big request right there. She said, Hey, spread thy skirt over thy handmaid. Now, in our society, that absolutely doesn't make sense at all. Ruth wasn't cold. She wasn't asked for that. She, uh, she, she, was, she was proposing is what she was doing. You look it up, she was proposing, and when a man spread his garment over a woman, he was declaring his intent to marry her. That was how they did it. said, so don't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Why does it make sense to use a shoe to buy her either? It doesn't make sense. But but it's, it's, it's how they did it. And this was a bold request. This was something serious. But Ruth was in a serious situation. She had a debt of her late husband that needed to be covered. But she was going to be in debt for the rest of her life. Now without somebody willing to marry her and assume that debt she possessed she had no hope for her future. And marriage was her only hope to escape the devastating of her past devastation of her past. Now I think it's worth mentioning that Ruth was interested was was not interested in any man. But she genuinely desired Boaz. We read at the latter part of this chapter that there's a nearer kindom, kinsman. There's a nearer kinsman than Boaz was. And if he were to pay it, there's nothing he can do about it. There's nothing she can do about it. She would marry him, and that's it. That's it, period. No if it's what. It didn't matter how much. It didn't matter if he was an ogre. No, I don't care if he's Shrek. She was going to marry him. And that's just how it works. But I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you something here this morning. Boaz had shown her compassion before. He had proven his ability to her and what he could do. This man was a manly man. He was a worker. And when you consider the desperation of your sin and my sin, when we consider those moments, and it's a pretty bold request to seek the Lord for salvation. When you think so? Seeking a holy God with sin on your life for salvation, but thank God He made a way. So I mean, He's got. But I'm just telling you, who who are we to come before the Son of God uh, and seek His forgiveness and His blessing? Who are we? Uh, we're not worthy of His grace. We're not worthy of His mercy or His goodness. Yet the Lord desires to provide for us. And he wants us to come to him. He wants us to seek a relationship with him. And there, there be, there'll be many preachers through here this week. There'll be many preachers through here this week, yet none of them can save you or give you what you need. Or give you what he can do. Let me just say that. Amen. No, no need to seek salvation from them. No need to seek salvation from anybody. Uh, but I'm telling you, Jesus is the only way. And Boaz was the only way for Ruth. He's the only one. Amen. She decided to seek him. She made some decisions. She decided to seek him. She decided to, um, she decided to seek him. and She decided to submit herself to him. But then also I see another thing she did. She decided to stay here. Now look at verse number 14. The Bible says, and she lay at his feet until the morning. Is that what it says? Ruth was committed. She was committed to doing whatever was required to ensure her redemption by Boaz. I mean, she did exactly as Boaz had requested. Boaz requested her to stay there, lie down until the morning. Verse 13 at the end. She laid his feet all night and rose up before the dawn. Now many, to, many, today, many today will say they need the Lord. Many know they're lost. They've heard preaching enough. Many know that they're headed to hell. And many, many know that they need salvation. But few, few, few are willing to seek it and then stay it out. Amen. It's the truth, friend. Uh, And some want to come to the Lord on their terms. uh, I'm seeking to uh, set the boundaries and the aspects of salvation uh, and do all of those things. All must come, though, as Ruth came in humble submission to her Savior, the only one that can, and willing to stay with Him. I'm telling you something, my heart is sincere. Submission. Now think about this with me just for a moment, okay? This is a woman. This is a woman. We have a Gentile pagan woman. Right? Well, that, that, that she has trusted in the God of Israel. We know that. Read read sooner. She trusted in the God of Israel. I mean my God. She trusted in him. And we have a Jewish man. By the name of Boaz, who has, who has the right to be her kinsman redeemer. He can, he can redeem her. Meaning, buy her out of her position and place her back in the family. The nearest kinsman to the, that which had died could redeem her, meaning buy everything that the man that the man had left with her, the debt that he had left with her, buy all of that, pay for all of that, and she would be his. That's how they did it. And so think about it. There, there's a Jewish man to a Gentile woman. This Jewish man uh, has every right to be the kinsman redeemer of her. Uh, he can take her to himself. We have a Jew here winning a Gentile with his love and his mercy and his grace. He had been compassionate to her. We have a Gentile lady following some godly counsel of her mother-in-law. And then laying down at his feet. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? I mean, we are the Gentile lady. We're the Gentile lady, but we heard about a Jew who loved us. Right? Who loved us and could redeem us. Uh, and we glean, we glean in his fields. Uh, we do that consistently. Uh, and you just lay there by him all night uh, and lay at his feet. Uh, and we lay at his feet, and then one day, one day, he's going to call us out. Uh, and guess what? They will not, anybody, look at verse 14. Uh, look at verse 14. And, and, and let's see. And she rose up before one could know it. There will not anybody know that we left out of this place. They'll know that we left by the remnants, but they will not know that we left by our disappearance. Amen, friend. And they will not know any of those things. And then she just disappeared out of there. But I'm telling you, a wedding day is coming. A wedding day is coming for Ruth and Boaz. And a wedding day is coming for you and I. I'm telling you, friend. She, she just disappeared, and that's exactly what's going to happen to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, we're going to disappear. I promise you this much. If you're lost in here this morning, I want you to listen to me, okay? I want you to listen. Everyone in here, every one of these babies in here are going to be gone if Jesus calls us out right now. I'm going to be gone if Jesus calls us out right now. And I hope you'll be gone. But I promise you that all these babies and all of the saved are going to be gone. And if you are not saved, you will be left here all along. I've just been clear to you this morning because Jesus is coming. And He's coming to get those who love Him, the bride, the one who look for Him. You better make some important decisions. better make some important decisions. Then you better also have, Boaz we see had some important, discernment I gotta move Ruth took a great risk in coming to Boaz she did and I'm gonna skip some things but there was no guarantee that Boaz would accept her think about it there was no guarantee of how he would respond back to her he could have been embarrassed by her actions and he could have been angered at her he could have been mad and possibly hurting his reputation what a Gentile kidding me he could have done all those things but instead of that boaz reveals some character in his own being and some discernment notice what he reveals to us he had discernment by his inquiry look at verse number eight he said and it came to pass midnight uh a woman lay at his feet and he said who art thou That's the only thing he asked. He didn't scream at her and say, get out of my room. He didn't say, get out from under me. He didn't say, get away from my feet. What are you, nasty? He didn't say, you pervert. He didn't say any of those things. He said, who art thou? Boaz did not treat her in any sort of way. He just simply asked her name. He realized that someone had drawn nigh to him in the middle of the night. And I'm telling you something, there's comfort in that truth. Our Lord would never be startled by us. He just wants us to draw nigh to Him. And if we can do anything this week, we ought to draw nigher to the Savior. Nearer to Thee, O oh Lord, I want to be. Nearer to Thee. I'm telling you, He had discernment by His inquiry. He said, who art Thou?" So he said, and then another thing I seen he 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 had discernment of her incitement. Now the word incitement, for alliteration, said it means motive. By her motive, look at verse ten at the beginning, and he said, "Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning." And so let's let's think about this. Boaz was not unaware of the kindness Ruth had shown to Naomi, which is his kinsman. Naomi was Boaz's kinsman, not Ruth. Malon, her husband, was his kinsman. And so, so, so he, he was well aware that she had said to Naomi sometimes, wherever thou go, I'll go with you. I'm not staying behind. I'm committed to you. Committed to you. She was persistent, she was committed, uh, and, and she, was, uh, um, she wanted to seek to provide for Naomi. And Ruth, uh, Boaz knew uh, that Ruth loved Naomi. Boaz knew all of those things, uh, and he knew that she had good motives. Now, this really has no application at all to salvation, but most people, ha- most people have good in them. You agree? Most people today, I don't care if you drive in the midst of hell's angels, you have good in you. There's some part of good in you. And most people do. But good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. Everybody with me? Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none good. That's what the verse prior to that. So so good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to hell. That's not what it's about. It has nothing to do with that. We're saved only by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And apart from our works, our merit, there's nothing we can do to get into heaven. The fact is God will honor those who are persistent in the pursuit of Him and His holiness. She was persistent. She pursued after Him through loving His family the truth man he'll reward those who compassionately seek after him and toward others and seek to serve him she had the right motives and Boaz knew that he had discernment of that and he had discernment thirdly of her image look at verse 10 at the the end inasmuch as thou followest not young men whether rich or poor poor rich now Ruth likely didn't realize but Boaz clearly had been watching her life And he took notice of her the first day she entered his field. I know that's how all the movies I used to watch when I was little. Ruth walks into the field and Boaz is way over there and he sees her. I don't know if that's the case, but I mean, I believe it by the end. But he knew she was not a woman who sought after the worldly flesh of the men that she could get. Look at the verse. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. she said. You, he said, you ain't followed anybody. You ain't been around other men. You're pure. Are you with me? And he is discerned in that. He has watched her. He has watched her. And I'm telling you something. He recognized Ruth was a woman of purity. And I, wanna, I want you to know this this morning. Our society needs to learn the lesson that Ruth, Ruth lived by. Yeah, I mean, really, it does. Our world is filled with those who seek only to please the flesh. Seek only to do that, those nasty reasons. So society has rejected it, but God has commanded it. You hear me, right? God has commanded that the marriage bed to be undefiled. That's what the Bible says. It did. And it's still biblical to remain pure before the Lord. I mean, keeping ourselves from our spouse, God... Why? that's God's way of doing things what do you think is going to happen when we get the marriage supper of Christ God wouldn't marry no harlot look at Babylon am I right or am I right it's the truth look how God God called her a harlot because she run around with many nations just telling you man it's, it's something serious God's going to do the consum- consummation when we get there. Amen. Amen. I ain't going through all that. But I'm telling you, when Boaz looked at Ruth, he, he discerned it. He knew she was a pure woman. Her image mattered to her. And I tell you, ladies, your image ought to matter to you. Amen. Your image ought to matter to you. Men, our image ought to matter to us. And I'm going to teach my boys that our image ought to matter to us. They're we'll going to go around and run around with some floozy. Amen. It's the truth. If I have a thing to do with it, Abigail ain't going to run around with some floozy man either. I'm telling you, and I know y'all ain't going to let her either. I'm just telling you, I know that's a long ways off, but it's some serious stuff. This world is wicked. It's wicked. And Boaz cared about her image. And he said, yeah, she ain't running around anywhere. And so we see that he had discernment of her image. He had discernment of her insufficiency. Look at verse 11. Now, my daughter, fear not, I'll do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doeth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Yes, and now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I Tear this night and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman well let him do the part of the kinsman part but if he will not do the part of a kinsman then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth lie down in the morning. So it talks here. Boaz was aware that Ruth was in a desperate situation. I've been preaching for 35 minutes by the way. A desperate situation. And she was a widow from Moab. She had no way. She, found, she, she just needed a kinsman, somebody who would redeem her, uh, who was a closer relationship. Uh, but there was somebody closer than Boaz. I can imagine how her heart dropped. Man, her heart's beating. That's the man I love. That's a man I love. That's a man I want to be with. Oh, but there's somebody near her. If he refused, Boaz promised to fulfill the obligation of her Redeemer. So think about this. Think about this. This is what Brother Bo Wagner said, okay? Brother Bo Wagner said something along this line. He said, so Boaz was smart, and he talked to the man, and he said, Listen, she's a pretty lady. You can marry her. You're nearer kinsman than I am. But the bad part is, she comes with a whole lot of baggage. (laughs) She, number one, is a Gentile. Number two, she got a lot of land and a lot of people, and you go out to buy it all. Make your your deal. That dude was like, nah, nah. You you got me at the first point when you said she was a Gentile. I'm done. So Boaz got her. And so I'm telling you this morning is that our blessed Lord was aware of our insufficiency too. He was. I mean, he knew that apart from him, we had no hope. I mean, he knew we stood condemned before God in our sin. He was willing. He knew that we had a huge debt on our back. Just like Ruth. He knew all of those things. He was, But he was willing. He was willing to give himself as a sacrifice for our sin. Amen. For, for Ruth, there was, no, there was another kinsman closer, but for us, he's the only way. He's the only way, friend. He's the only one that can redeem Christ as our only hope. And I'm glad he knew my insufficiency and provided for me redemption. Amen. I'm closing up, okay? I'm closing up, I promise. Some important decisions were made. This week, you ought to make some important decisions. you ought to have some important discernment. Amen. If the God, if the God of heaven says go, if the God of heaven said run, if the God of heaven says hang tight, if the God of heaven says go to the altar, shout, testify, do all those things, I, 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 I tell you right now, you ought to have some discernment. Amen. You ought to have some good discernment. Amen. Look at the ending. There was an incredible destiny. Verse fifteen through verse number eighteen, and he said, "Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it." And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and she went to the city. So, so just look at the outcome of this. Okay, number one, the outcome of this was provisional. Now, now we read in verse eleven. I mean, verse fifteen. As as Ruth left the threshing floor, and that day she did not leave without provision for her and her mother in law. This was now the soon-to-be wife of Boaz. It's true. And he was committed to caring for his bride. Amen. Thank God. God, she, she was given six measures of barley, and some estimate to be that around 24 gallons, 88 pounds. I mean, that, that's a lot. She just carried it. She's a woman's woman, amen. Uh, I'm telling you that right now, but, but th- there had been hand, there, handfuls of purpose and handfuls of purpose and handfuls of purpose before God had provided I mean she, Boaz had provided for her before. But this was a promise. This was more than just provision. this was a promise. Redemption was on its way. Amen, friend. I've never received anything that compared to abundance, Uh, too much abundance when it comes from anybody else. But, man, the Lord has been good to me. Amen. Amen, friend. He daily loads us with benefits. Is that right? He meets our need. But, man, I tell you this. It cannot compare to what awaits that's exactly how it was for Ruth. Yep. She'd been getting, she'd been provide, she'd been provided for before this. He allowed her to glean in the field. He allowed her to do all those things, but it was never just some huge amount. But man, when he got there this time, he said, "Here, this is all you can carry. You carry it back, Amen. honey. I got you from your allowance." Amen. That's how it's going to be for us. Amen. There's provision. Her outcome was provisional. Her outcome was promising. Now, understand in verse number 16, the Bible says, And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? Who art thou? What in, what in the world? Who are you? Naomi had Naomi, Naomi, Naomi not asked because she didn't recognize Ruth. She, she asked to see if there had been a change in name. Amen. She, she asked to be uh, Ruth, are, are you still Ruth the Moabitess? Is that who you are? Or are you Ruth <laughs> are you married into the family now? Amen. Yeah. Everybody with me? I'm just saying, are there are they changing the relationship now? Is he still just Boaz your friend? Honey, or, or did 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 you propose to him? Or did he propose to you? Are you are you still Ruth the widow? Or are you are you Ruth the bride to be? I mean, what, what are you? What are you? And Naomi was inquiring whether there was a wedding in the near future. It's good stuff. I love the Bible. And we, we could ask the same question of each other. Who are we? Who are we? Are we a sinner in the world or are we part of the bride of Christ? Hey, man, there, there's going to be a wedding one day. And, I, you know, I, I'm planning on being a part of the celebration. How about you? Amen, I'm planning on being there with Christ. And what a day that will be when we gather around the sky throne uh, for the wedding in the sky. It's true. Read Revelation 19. It's going to happen. Amen. Whether you're there or not, it's going to happen. Amen. Her outcome was promising. Bruce said, who are thou? You got a new name. Yeah. Her outcome was plenteous. Look at verse 17. And she said, there are six measures of barley give, gave him me. For he said to me, go not empty to thy mother. Once again, we find a different. What, what a difference a day can make. I tell you right now, on June the 11th, if somebody got born into the family of God, man, what a difference a day would make. Amen. 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 On May the 5th, a few years ago, seven, and eight, and ten, wow, wow, it's been that long. Wow, ten years ago, guess what? <laughs> it's a difference a day made. A difference a day made. And do, do, do you remember how, think about it, think about it. Do you remember how Naomi, I know it got hurry, but do you remember how, how Naomi responded to those who gathered around when they returned to Bethlehem? In Ruth chapter number 1 and verse 20. She said, she said, and she said to them, call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. That's what she said. She said, for the Almighty hath dealt with me very bitterly, <laughs> very bitterly with me. And I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home empty. (laughs) That's what she said. Look what she said right here. And she said, these six measures of barley gave he me, for he said, go not empty to thy mother-in-law. He's given her something back. She's led you to me. Give her something back. She's a type of the Holy Spirit, I tell you that be the truth. But there was no longer, they were no longer empty. They were no longer wanting. God had used Boaz to provide all that they needed. And the devastation of Moab was behind them. All that was left in Moab was there in Moab. Uh, Joy and fullness was all that was ahead. Uh, And the world offers nothing to us uh, but sufferings and despair. And God doesn't desire us to dwell uh, in a land of suffering and want, uh, but He desires us to dwell in a land of plenty. And I'm telling you, if you have been trying to survive on the meagerness of this world, God can restore and offer life in full. I'm telling you. Her outcome was plenteous. Verse 18, we're done. Then sheds she, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he had finished the thing this day. Her outcome was preparing. Naomi offered some great words to her very, very good words. And she encouraged her to just sit still, just rest. Don't worry. Thank God, don't worry. Don't worry, Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. He was. He had worked for all that he had. and He was a man of character. He was a man, he, 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 he wouldn't lay us down. She said, he, he, listen Ruth, he will not lay down this evening until this matter is done and over with. Ruth, you can count on Boaz, he will provide for you. And I'm telling you this morning, this verse would be easy to read over and miss its own significance, but for me, it's one of the most profound verses in this entire book. Because my Boaz is going away. But he said, I'll come again. He said it. They're top, man. And Boaz, Jesus came from Boaz. I mean, just look at the next verses. Uh, who, did, who, did, who did she have? She had Obed. And Obed had Jesse. And Jesse had David the king. And David came from Judah. And the Bible says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver out of his mouth. Right? The scepter is not going to depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Hey man, friend, I'm telling you something. There's a lot of uncertainty in this life. But our future is certain with the Lord. And it's going to be resourceful. It's going to be. But but it's being prepared. Being prepared. The wedding was being prepared there. The wedding is being prepared now. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll receive you unto myself. I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. I don't know about you this week, but I, for one, just want to find a place around his feet. I just want to find a place around the feet of the Lord. That's all I want. That's all I want. And that is the only thing that's going to make this week worthwhile. It's finding a place around his feet. We we'll get somebody to play up here for a moment. I, that, that, that's the only thing worth it. Yep. Ruth, she found a place around the feet of Boaz, her redeemer. And because she found a place around his feet, everything else was taken care of. Everything. Stand this morning to your feet. From that point on, Boaz changed Ruth's life forever. It was forever changed. (laughs) Look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord has done for you. Look at what the Lord has done for me. I mean, just get up near Him and get around His feet. Spend some time at His feet. He deserves your praise. He deserves your worship. He deserves you. Man, this week I'm just looking for a place at his feet. God in heaven, we love you. Oh God, we need your help. Thanks, Lord, for being so good to us. God, you've provided time and time again, God, for me. Lord, I want to ask you to put a fire in the hearts of these people, Lord, that they just want to get around your feet this week. Lord, you can take them to the water. You can't make them drink. God, if there be anybody lost in here this morning, I pray, God, you'd save their soul from a devil's hell, Lord. Or they couldn't leave this place, Lord, without the utter conviction inside of their hearts, God. Couldn't leave it. Lord, let us turn to, to our Boaz, Lord. God, turn to you, Lord. God, lay down at your feet this week, Lord. Lord, you'd move in our lives, you'd move in our hearts, God. Please work in our lives this week. We need it. In Jesus' name.